good singing this morning. If you have your Bibles, if you'll turn with me to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 3. Again, we did have a, a great time at camp. I so appreciate uh, your prayers uh, through the week, and we're thankful for those uh, young people that made decisions for the Lord. Uh, two young girls got saved, and uh, several others made other decisions for the Lord. We're so thankful uh, for that. Uh, you think back, if you've made a decision for the Lord, uh, chances are uh, that it was because of a, a family member uh, or a friend, uh, maybe invited you to church, maybe told you about Jesus and you were saved and baptized. I want you to think about that wonderful decision. And I tell you that every day we make choices, we make decisions every day. You made the decision this morning to get up and get dressed and come to church, and I'm thankful uh, that you did. Some of those choices that we make are, at the time, seem pretty insignificant, don't they? But then there's big choices that we make. Uh, We just celebrated graduation season and uh, had, uh, so you probably went to a graduation or two. And those young people, as they uh, graduate, now they've got real choices to make. Now they're in the real world. They've got to find a job and, uh, you know, find a house to live in and all those kind of things. Uh, decide where, what they're going to do with the rest of their life. Those are major decisions. You made the decision, you know, who you're going to marry. You know, all of those things are some big decisions. But can I tell you the biggest, the most important decision that you've ever made and that any person's ever made is what they do with Jesus. And I'm thankful that, you know, several years ago I, that Jesus found me when I, you know, was just down and, and out, and, and yet he came and down to where I was and saved me and made me a new creation. That is a wonderful thing. And I hope you've never, as Russell saying, I hope you never get over what Jesus has done for you. And as you think back at that moment in time and how excited you were when you gave your heart to the Lord and how everything seemed alive and you were on fire for the Lord, and, and that's a great thing, but can I tell you what happens to all of us is that life begins to happen and we get busy and we have things that come and knock us about. And so that fervor and that excitement about our decision to follow the Lord begins maybe to wane. And the writer of Hebrews wrote this letter. It's really a series of sermons to Hebrew Christians, those who were Jews that accepted Christ as Savior and were having a real crisis of their faith and really thinking, maybe I ought to go back to being a Jew. Maybe I ought to go back to the old way. Maybe I ought to go back to how I used to live. And so the writer of Hebrews has said over and over, why on earth would you want to do that? So chapter 3 points out about the the faithfulness of Christ, and he gives us a good example to follow and a bad example. Uh, You know, there are good choices, and there are bad choices. We all know that. We make good choices, there's good consequences, isn't there? But if there's bad choices, there's bad consequences. 
If you're like me, I would a whole lot rather learn from the mistakes of others and not have to go through the, the pain of making those choices and the consequences of it. But human nature is such that most of the time we have to learn the hard way, don't we? We're not content to learn from the mistakes of others. And so we repeat them, and it's true. You know, there's that old saying that those that don't learn from history are bound to repeat it. And that is true. But even when we know history, sometimes we're bound to repeat it. So the writer of Hebrews gives an example here. We're going to pick up with verse 7. And he says this, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as is in the rebellion. In the day of trial in the wilderness where your fathers tested me and tried me and saw my works 40 years, therefore I was angry with that generation and said they always go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest. Beware, brethren, lest there be any in you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the, to the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said today, if you will hear your voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For, and then let's look on at verse 16. It says, For who having heard rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry forty years? Was it not those who had sinned, those corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but those who did not obey? So we see they could not enter because of unbelief. Friends, here we find two examples in this chapter. The example of Christ who lived a perfect sinless life and laid that, that, his life down that whosoever would call upon the name of the Lord would be saved. Then we have the example Paul, uh, the writer of Hebrews, reminds us from all the way back in Exodus and in the book of Numbers, way back in the Old Testament. I am about those Hebrews that God had led out of the land of Egypt. And not only had he led them out, he protected them from the plagues, including the, great, the greatest one, that tenth one, the death of the firstborn. Had led them, had seen water part and walked across on dry land and then saw Pharaoh and his army swarmed up by that same river. And then wandered around going to the promised land and God fed them every day miraculously. It was wilderness. In other words, it wasn't good country farmland. It was barren land where there wasn't much. And yet every morning there was manna. 
And there was an occasion as they were wandering that there was no water. And so God told Moses, knock, hit, hit that rock. And out of that rock came water. I believe if I'd have seen just maybe one of those things, it would have probably affected the way I live my life. Don't you think that? And yet the children of Israel forgot. They experienced those things. They went through them. But they made a very bad choice. And that choice that they made was that they decided they were going to do things their way rather than God's way. They decided they were going to set themselves up as God. That they knew what God had done for them, and they knew what God said and how God expected them to live their life. And yet this is what they said. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I'll do that tomorrow. But today, I'm going to do what I want to do. And so what was the result of that choice? Their hearts became hard toward the things of God. And their heart became cold to the things of God. And they missed out on God's blessing. They missed out on the promised land. And instead of entering that promised land and God's promised rest, they died in the wilderness wandering around for 40 years. That entire generation died. Why? Not because they didn't know about God, not because they didn't know the right things, but because they did not do the right things. Can I tell you, my friends, that it is not just enough to believe in God. It's not enough to believe that Jesus Christ is God. And that he died for the sins of all mankind, that whosoever calls on him would not perish but have everlasting life. The Bible says even Satan himself knows that Jesus was and is God. It's not enough just to know it. What makes the difference is making a choice to live it. There are a lot of people when asked, "Do you would you identify yourself as a Christian, uh, as a Buddhist, as you know, go on and on? Most people would identify themselves with some kind of faith system. There are a few that would say, I don't believe there is a God. But can I tell you, there are a whole lot more people who live like they believe there's no God than those that say they... In other words, there's a lot of people that identify themselves as Christian. Although in polls, that number's becoming less and less over the years. Certainly, we all know that it's always been the case that if 70% even, if even half the people in our country were... Sincere, sincerely saved and, and Christ followers, then we know that our world would be a much, much different place. And so the writer of Hebrews says and reminds us that it's not about a decision that you made yesterday. In fact, he quotes Psalm 95, again from the Old Testament, which was, remember, the, the 
first century's Bible. It's what they had. And several of these verses are quotations from that psalm. Notice what the psalmist said, David said, Today, if you will hear God's voice, do it. And I tell you that God is speaking all the time. And yet a lot of the time we're not willing to listen. Some don't listen because they're blinded. They're walking around in spiritual blindness. Sometimes we are, are saved and we have the light of Christ in our life, but we've got earplugs in our spiritual ears and we, because we don't want to listen to what God says. Because we're afraid he might tell us something that we really don't want to do or something that we really don't want to hear. And the writer of Hebrews reminds us that every time we make that decision, our heart, our life becomes a little bit colder to God. And a little bit colder, and a little bit colder, and a little bit colder. Until eventually he's not in our life at all. And by the way, when that happens, it's not God that left us. It's us that have left him. He's still in the same place. The Bible says God's the same today, yesterday, and be the same tomorrow. And so if he's not as near to us as he once was, it's not because he moved. It's because we did. And so the writer of Hebrews reminds us, hey, listen, he reminds us that we are in a very real spiritual battle. And in 2018, listen, if it was hard in the first century when this letter was written, can I tell you, it hadn't gotten any easier. And there are forces at work in our world. There are people in our community that would just be pleased as punch. It's every church would just close their doors. And every Christian would leave the community. And they didn't have to deal with, with Christians anymore. There are some people that that would make very happy. But can I tell you that God calls us today to follow him and make a difference in this world. Because if what's going to set this world right is not new leaders, it's citizens having new hearts. It's citizens' lives being changed by the power and grace of an almighty God. So the writer here is, man, and listen, if you're here today and you've made that decision, your life has been changed by Christ because you made that decision, the writer Hebrews reminds us that it's not just a one-time decision. But it is a daily decision. When you wake up every day, you have to say, listen, today I am going to follow God. I'm going to let Jesus be the Lord of my life. And in fact, there are several times throughout the day, isn't there, that we have to make that decision. And we have to remind ourselves continually of that decision. It is a daily battle and it takes daily commitment. Because when we get slack, when we get lazy in our spiritual life, it falters and cobwebs begin to develop and the temperature of our relationship cools down a great deal. The writer of Hebrews was 
wanted, he, he believed that possibility so much, he's warning us, just like he was warning his original hearers. Listen, it is a very real and serious thing that you take your relationship with God seriously. And that you make significant time and that you make significant investment in your walk and your relationship with God. Because that relationship, the writer of Hebrews knew, is the only thing that will get us to the other side. So some things that I think we need to take from this uh, chapter. We only read a few of the verses, but uh, it, it hammers this one thing over and over and over and over again, and it is make your choice today. What choice are you going to make? Are you going to choose to live for yourself, or are you going to choose to live for the Lord? And so the first thing that I want us to see is this. There's three things, and the first one is this. The first choice we need to make is we need to choose to be an example. And I tell you that you choose whether you intentionally do it or not, you're an example. You're either a good example or you're a bad example. But I tell you, being a good example doesn't happen by accident. It happens by you choosing. J.K. Rowling, the English author, uh, some of you will know her Her writing said this, is that a person's uh, character is determined by the choices that they make more, in fact, she said much more than their abilities. In other words, who you are is not determined by the abilities that you may have, but by the choices that you make. I think you made a good choice to come to church this morning. I hope you do too. You made that choice. You didn't have to. You could have chose to stay home. But when you leave here today, can I tell you, you'll have other choices that you'll need to make. There's the great debate that happens at 12 o'clock every week. Where are we going to eat? And if you wanted to open a restaurant, if you opened it and you named it, I don't care cafe, or it doesn't matter, you would make a killing because everybody show up at your place on Sunday. The choices that we make culminate. Even those seemingly insignificant choices that we make culminate into major things. They add up. And can I tell you that people are watching you, your neighbors that are lost, are watching you. Your children are watching you and how you live and the choices that you make. Whether you think they're clueless or not, they are watching you. They are not picking up a Bible, reading it to see what being a Christian is about or what Christians believe. They are watching you and they're watching me. And so you make sure and you choose today to be a good example. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be one of those bad examples. I don't want to say, hey, listen, you better not be like uh, Ananias and Sapphira. Lie to the Lord and ended up dead. 
or Lot's wife that got turned to a pillar of salt. I don't want my life to be a, a bad example. I don't want my wife to be held up saying, listen, don't be like this character. Don't make bad... I want people to say, listen, look at the difference that God made in his life and the choices that he made to follow the Lord. And I tell you that that does not mean that God expects you and you will not be perfect. And the truth is, all of us make bad choices sometimes. But the thing is that God can use even those bad choices. And if God had, if those children of Israel had repented and they turned back to the Lord and said, Oh God, forgive us, make us new, he would have. But their heart had grown cold. And they wandered away from the Lord and their heart had become hard. And so they didn't turn from their wicked ways. In fact, they only became more and more wicked. Then secondly, not only do we need to be an example and a good example at that, we need to choose to be an encourager. Not only do we need to decide, the writer of Hebrews says, every day to make choices for the Lord, But notice what he said. He said, encourage, exhort one another. And by the way, this is not just a suggestion. It is an imperative. In other words, it's a command that this uh, preacher is giving to his hearers. Every day, encourage one another. And I tell you something, it's not enough for you just come to church on Sunday and expect that to take care of your spiritual life for the rest of the week. Again, it's good for you to be here on Sunday good for God's people to gather together. And there's power in that. But I tell you that you can't just live for Jesus on Sunday. In fact, the Bible says if you don't live for Him Wednesday or Friday or Saturday, you don't live for Him Sunday either. God wants us all the time. He wants full custody, not part-time visits. And so the writer of Hebrews says, listen, you need other believers in your life around you encouraging you to hang in there, encouraging you to make good choices, encouraging you by... And, and so that, well, what does that mean? That means that we pray for one another. It means that we bear one another's burdens, that we help one another, that we're concerned about one another. Because the truth of the matter is, we are weak, every one of us on our own. And every single one of us, I don't care how much of a spiritual giant you think you are, you need other believers in your life. And that's why it's so important for every child of God to be a part of a local church. That's why later on in the same sermon in the letter of Hebrews, He admonishes, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the practice of the heat. Be an encourager. Encourage others in their walk. Right? Note, some of the most encouraging things have happened. You know, there's days that even preachers have bad days. And you know what? Usually those bad days are made big because I'll get an email, card in the mail from someone. A phone call. I'm saying, you know what? 
Pastor, I was thinking of you today, and I want you to know that I appreciate you and love you. And, and that person was sincere, and they were just doing it because they felt impressed to do it. But God knew that I needed to hear it. God uses other believers, and that means that he uses you sometimes to encourage your fellow believers in the Lord. So you choose to be an encourager. You know what? There are people, in fact, studies say that for every negative comment that you hear, it takes 10 positive ones to erase that one negative one. There are a lot of negative things in this world. And I think part of human nature is we tend to be negative Nellies, don't we? Doesn't that come pretty easy to most of us? Can I tell you what God calls every one of us to do by his power and in his strength? Even when we want to just rip into somebody and say, you're the biggest idiot this side of, uh, you know, the kingdom. Why'd you do That was a, you know, and, and there are a lot of times when we want to say that. Instead, the writer of Hebrews says, be an encourager. You, you may want to tear somebody down, but instead of tearing them down, you lift them up. And what a difference that will make, not only in their life, but in yours too. Because as you're being intentional about lifting others up, guess what that's going to do your spirit? You can't be positive and be negative Nelly at the same time. So if you're going to be positive, that means negative Nelly is going to go, you know, somewhere else and leave you alone. It's going to affect you too. Make the choice to be an encourager. And then finally, the writer of Hebrews, I think, would admonish us and remind us to choose to be an endurer. In other words, be somebody that hangs in there to the end. The writer of Hebrews says, hey, listen, those that last to the end are those that enter God's rest. God's rest is not this life. Boy, we are blessed in this life, aren't we? And God works and God has provided so much for us and God works in our life and, and has blessed us beyond measure. And yet the rest of God is not this life. It's the next. The rest of God is not having a, a padded retirement account or a big house. Brand new, oh, those things are okay, I guess. But that's not what God's rest is. God's rest is eternity. And we need to be careful not to lose that perspective to realize that, listen, the choices that we make today will affect eternity. The choices that we make. You see, it's not what we believe. Is it important to believe right? Absolutely it is. It is important for you to know what the Bible says. And the way for you to know what the Bible says is read it. Study it. Come to Sunday school. Come to, to worship where God's word is preached and proclaimed. It's not just enough to hear it. You've got to live it. You've got to do it. What God chided the children of Israel for in this generation that he hated for, notice what he says, not that they're evil, but their heart is evil. Their ways are evil. Their choices are evil. 
They're wrong. Even though they knew God and they knew God's work, they chose to ignore those things that God told them to do and do the opposite. Spiritually, we are all born in darkness. We're all blind spiritually when we're born. You know, saying that ignorance is bliss. Sometimes we're happier about not knowing what's out there. But God does not want us to live our life spiritually blind. He wants us to live in the light as He is in the light. He wants us to know His truth. He wants us to hang in and not just to have made a decision one day, but to daily, today while it is today, Decide, I'm going to follow Jesus and I'm going to point others to him. I'm going to be Christ's ambassador today, no matter what comes my way. And I tell you, my friends, that when you make that decision, this world will come at you hard and heavy to test that. And there are many a churchgoer that have been knocked down and made a shipwreck of faith because they've allowed those attacks to destroy them. Rather than turning to Christ, who was able to give them strength, Christ endured. He endured the agony of rejection. He endured the agony of being beaten and spat upon and crucified. He endured that, even though he didn't have to. Scripture said he could have called 10,000 angels down to rescue him. But not just that. He, was, he could have turned those rascally soldiers into salt. He could have vaporized them. He was God. And yet he didn't. He endured that. For me and for you. And so do you think that maybe we can endure some snide comments or fear of being rejected or fearing of what people will say if we stand for Christ? Christ died for us. He gave his life for us. An entire generation of Israelites saw mighty acts of God and yet died in the wilderness not knowing God's rest and peace. Not because God was not loving and not because God didn't desire for them to enter His rest, but because they made the choice to wander away from Him. They didn't do You see, it's not just enough to be. Is it important to be? Yes, it's important to be. But you see, you can't be without doing. They can't be separated. If you want to be a Christian, it means you will do the things that God has asked you to do. And not just one time. There are some. There's two Sundays a year that I know our attendance is going to be pretty good. And you know what those two Sundays are. 
And there are people that say, well, I went to church on Easter or I went on Christmas. I'm good. Well, I'm glad people come on Christmas and Easter, but you know what? God doesn't call you just to live for him two Sundays a year. He calls on you to live 365 days a year for him. And not just 365 days, but 365 days times how many every years that he gives you life here on earth. Is it be faithful to the end? And when you endure, you will enter my rest. But see that you do not miss out on rest because of unbelief. Well, what was that unbelief? It wasn't they didn't know the truth. It's they didn't live the truth that they knew. And so today, God says to us, Calvary, what choice are you going to make? The choices you make today, the choices that you make tomorrow will affect your eternity. And by the way, they will not only affect your eternity, they will affect countless others. Countless others that maybe God has put you here to minister to. Maybe there are countless others that will be impacted by your life and your example. And they'll say, you know what, if God can change that rascal's life, he can change mine too. I'm not nearly as bad as he is. And the choices that we make will either point others to Jesus Christ or they will point others away from him. And friends, we have to make a determination that anything we do, we're going to do our best to point others to Jesus. And I hope you'll make that choice today. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your goodness and your love. Thank you that you chose us. The Bible says before the foundation of the world you saw us. And you loved us despite our sin. And you sent your son Jesus Christ to die on the cross of Calvary that whosoever would call upon you would not perish but have everlasting life. Lord, if there's one here today that doesn't know that, that hasn't experienced that truth for themselves, would you help them today to call on you to accept that truth? But Lord... There are many of your children here today, those that are saved, those that do know you as Lord and Savior. Lord, maybe this has just been a message of encouragement to remind us that we need to daily make choices that honor you. Maybe it's been a challenge today because they know that their life, they've not been living how you've asked them to. They know what they need to do, and yet they're not doing it, Lord. Would you help them today to say, Today, while I hear God speak, I'm going to obey because the day may come when I don't hear God speak anymore and then it's too late. God, help us, we pray, to be faithful to you. God, forgive us when we aren't. Work in our lives, help us to make good choices for you, Jesus. Friend, let's stand together. If God spoke to your heart, there's a decision you need to make. Today would be a great day.